It is a joy to be with you all and my dear co-religionist, Maya Wade Harper. Our sermon today will be in the form of a dialogue. Our shared reflection will explore how our efforts as Unitarian Universalists to realize equity, justice, and compassion in our homes, our congregations, and in our greater world will be realized. That is worth repeating, that it will be realized if we consciously with forethought of action have equity in the design of our shared experiences. Equity in design necessitates that we purposefully demonstrate an awareness of the need to deinstitutionalize white supremacy. You may be wondering why equity in design is pertinent in these extraordinary times where our lives have felt like the Earth's axis has tilted. Everything is different, and in particular, our understanding of community. All that we have taken for granted, the ability to congregate with one another, the ability to extend hands of peace in a face-to-face -face worship service, each of those elements and so many more are no longer a given. In many ways, those aspects of our community have become more precious, especially with the need for human interaction. Yet despite the challenges, there is an opportunity which is emerging. The opportunity to put our Unitarian Universalist values of hope, love, joy, courage, and justice at the center of our shared understanding of community. Bricks and mortar are not shaping our capacity to connect, for we are resolute that we will remain connected despite the obstacles. Our congregation is not alone in having been compelled to create virtual worship and religious education since mid-March, for there are over 1,000 plus Unitarian Universalist communities who are striving to offer some sort of virtual connection. I am blessed to serve over 400 of those UU communities. For the last 17 years, I have served as a regional staffer with the Unitarian Universalist Association, where I coach and partner with congregational leaders in 26 states. For those of you who have joined UUCL in the last 17 years, I may not have had the chance to get to know you, but since 1992, I have been a proud member here at the Unitarian Universalist Church of Lexington. I also served from 1996 to 2003 as the Director of Religious Education. My roots here are deep. My affection for this community also runs deep, for this is where I fell in love with Unitarian Universalism. This is where I discovered that intentional, progressive, liberal religion is alive and well in Central Kentucky. Yet I have not been able to participate very much in those years. For the weekly opportunity to worship with you was solely a face-to-face -face experience on Sunday mornings. In contrast with going virtual, this will be my third worship service that I've been able to take part in since March. Now, I am not suggesting that virtual worship should remain as the primary way to connect as a Unitarian Universalist community, yet our virtual context has made this shared experience more accessible. 
the equity in design of our virtual offerings ensures that anyone of any level of physical ability who has access to the internet can open their hearts and minds in worship. A curious thing is happening in our virtual world. More people are visiting Unitarian Universalist congregations for the first time. There may be someone here today who this is your first time. If so, welcome. What will those visitors perceive as being central to who we are? Will they be able to experience our thirst for justice in our communities and the greater world? Will they be able to feel the warmth of love and kindness that are also central to our self-understanding? It is up to us to communicate in so many ways through reflections, hymns, chants, and expressions of faith and home, hope that we understand our purpose as you use is to create beloved community. Beloved community, where all are treated fairly, where all are welcomed, where all can access resources of life equally, and where we express countercultural ideas in order to dismantle the historic and cruel design of racism and white supremacy. We must name it to recognize for hundreds of years our culture has been constructed to benefit the few and to deny the full humanity of the many. Tragically, even this pandemic is impacting people of color in harsh and unfair ways for some of the highest rates of COVID-19 are being experienced by people of color. What will our response be to this inequity? How shall we virtually rise up? Let us remember as the, that as we rise up, we must also prepare ourselves. We prepare ourselves by sharing our stories, by intentionally striving for consciousness raising, by building community partnerships, and taking time to reflect on our efforts. Thank you all for joining us in our dialogue this Sunday. I am Maya Wade Harper, and I am honored to continue reflecting on what Nancy Combs Morgan has already so eloquently shared. As Nancy asked, I will ask again, what will our response be to this inequity? How shall we virtually rise up? In this pandemic, how will we as Unitarian Universalists create a just world? When our world shelters in place, while we don't have healthcare for all, and black indigenous people of color are being hit disproportionately by this crisis, how can we show up virtually? I don't think I need to explain to you the hardship and injustice our world is facing right now and has faced. Preparing ourselves for this kind of work means realizing how hard the work is, but also how necessary and sacred it is. This work involves, as Nancy stated, sharing our stories, striving for conscious rising, seeking partnerships, and reflecting on what we have accomplished. All of that and more are ways we must strive to design our world with equity. I am a lifetime UUU, a proud member of the 8th Principal Task Force here at UUCL, and a member of UUCL. I helped us adopt the 8th Principal in December 2019, which is a call to action to dismantle white supremacy in our institutions and ourselves. When I first learned about the 8th Principal, it was at the UU Youth Midwest Leadership School last summer. Upon reading those words that the eighth principle affirms, 
journeying towards spiritual wholeness by working to build a diverse, multicultural, beloved community by our actions that accountably dismantle racism and other oppressions in ourselves and our institutions, I knew this is where I needed to be. This was the justice work I knew we needed and I needed. It was like a yes moment for me, saying yes to Unitarian Universalism. And at a time like this, I'm very interested in the question of how we can design the beloved community that the Eighth Principle calls us to do with equity. To me, it has never been clearer that a just, equitable world is needed. We can create it. In fact, we must create it. In this time when we must gather online to see each other's faces and work to create a new normal that is more just for us all, we must do it with equity. I don't know about you, but quarantine can be very exhausting. And sometimes the last thing on my mind is justice work. Yet that is the core to how to approach this. The fact that I am able, even as a person of color, to put aside for a moment the work to create a just world is a privilege. It is a privilege to be able to take summer classes as I am doing and getting to spend quality time with my family with very little worry for our safety. Realizing that is a wonderful start and begs exploring why I have what I have and what others don't and how I can make sure they do. All through this time, I've had these questions in my mind, questions like how do I use my voice to ignite change in this time? And now I am thinking about how we can create equity in everything we do. The injustices of the world are in everything we do. When you look outside at nature, you can reflect on environmental racism. Doing reflections such as these and seeing how white supremacy is etched in our lives is important to have an intentionality in this work. It is a prime time for this. As Nancy stated before, accessibility when it comes to our online meetings is a great opportunity for this kind of reflection. And the question of how we are presenting ourselves to others as well. What kind of beloved community do we want here? One with equity? I think so. We are now an eighth principle congregation and that is our call. What do we want to see in this community? And how do we co-create it with equity? It is a question worth asking and one that should be filled with compassion. That compassion begins with compassion for self and a healthy self-awareness. I am a white anti-racist educator. Those words expressed by the gifted author Robin DiAngelo describe who I am as well. And her work, White Fragility, Why It's So Hard for White People to Talk About Racism, she lifts up that the work to deinstitutionalize white supremacy must begin with self. Then we must take part in communities that make that work central. Robin D'Angelo wrote the foreword to another work that I have been immersing myself in, and I would recommend to other white allies by Layla F. Saad. And it is called Me and White Supremacy, Combat Racism, Change the World, and Become a Good Ancestor. 
Saad compiled this piece to be a self-guided workbook of reflection and anti-racist consciousness raising. A profound message from her work is the charge to be a good ancestor. One reason that I shared in the story for all ages about dear Abby Marlott was thinking about her truly as a good ancestor who exemplified what I would hope to achieve as a good ancestor to my family, to this dear community, and to the greater world. I must name that there is a spirit heavy, open-endedness to all of the questions around anti-racist culture change, many of which we are considering today in this worship service. I implore you, do not get stuck in the mire of despair, for there is emerging greater truths and a new galvanization of efforts, much to do with how we design our experiences. Also, Beyond that quicksand of despair, there is also renewal and clarity, clarity that we must be resolute in addressing inequities in our culture. When we stop naming racism that is so predominant in our world, we have then fallen into complacency. So let's keep asking questions and consider achievable next steps. Remember that what Maya and I are proposing is specific, and it is within our control, which is to have forethought about equity and design in literal, achievable ways. So here are a couple of examples. I serve in the Mid-America region of the Unitarian Universalist Association, of which this congregation is a member. And over a year ago, we were organizing a regional assembly with intersectionality as the theme. The topic came from the work by Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw on how race, socioeconomic status, gender identity, and so much more intersect to create compounded oppression, especially for African-American women. Our intention was good, yet we did not think through that our design of the event was inherently not equitable. We were presenting many speakers who were studying the topic, as opposed to reaching out first to leaders of color to share their first person singular narratives of experiences of intersectionality. By focusing more on the study of the topic, we had objectified those whose lives are harmfully impacted by this racist reality. Thankfully, we were in relationship with leaders of Black Lives UU, Blue, who shared their insights with us that we were going to be doing harm. Our design should have started by putting voices of color at the center instead of at the margins. In contrast, for this year's Regional Assembly, we asked Taquina Boston, the UUA Special Advisor to the President for Inclusion, Equity, and Change to present at our Regional Assembly on deinstitutionalizing white supremacy culture change work at the UUA, bringing her perspective as an African-American UU leader in contrast to the prior year, her voice was at the center. It was not at the margins. 
So let's get closer to home for another example. When Abby Marlack was active in anti-racism efforts here in central Kentucky, she shared with me that she spent time in building community-based relationships first with leaders of color before presuming that she knew what was needed to dismantle Jim Crow laws. As part of a network of civil rights activists, which as part of their design was to speak first to those most affected, then the white allies were not acting solely out of their sense of justice seeking. They were responding. They were responding to the real needs being expressed by those most vulnerable and directly hurt by systemic racism. The equity design in this model requires relationship, relationship over time, relationship with community partners that are not based on getting out of that relationship what we as white allies hope for, which requires prior education, constancy and deep listening, showing up and then debriefing our efforts. The education part is essential. And for further information on equity and design, I went to the work of Antoinette Carroll, the creator of Creative Reaction Lab. She expresses that our systems of oppression, inequality, and equity have been designed, which means that they can be redesigned. There's good news there. They can be redesigned. Carol's work is particularly focused on building a movement of redesigners for justice. Her work is not just on broad concepts, but also empowering young people of color to actually be designers, graphic designers, art designers, you name it, but designers and much more. Here is a possible example of how this work could apply to our context at UUCL. Say for instance, we are planning a racial justice initiative and we have lined up speakers and musicians and creative all artists, all with the intent to celebrate racial diversity and to recommit ourselves to deinstitutionalizing white supremacy. The planning group, for example, might be largely made up of white older congregants. And what if that planning group instead invited young people of color to be in that initial design phase. By placing the voices of those young people of color at the center of the planning, those people might express for, or suggest, for example, that instead of having the event solely on our beautiful grounds here out at the edge of Lexington, to actually have a part of the event down on Cheapside next to the old courthouse, which, historically had been one of the largest slave markets in the South before the Civil War. There could be an opportunity for education about the painful history of racism in Lexington and would also be at the heart of the town and be more welcoming to all. The design would reveal forethought of equity and action. So here's another possible example in equity and design. Harnessing all the wonderful work of our amazing leaders at UUCL who were directly involved with the Cardinal Valley Community Center, who over time have shared their talents with young people in Cardinal Valley in tutoring and helping with English as a second language. I imagine that community center is closed right now, but all of those neighborhoods around that center still have families trying to homeschool their children. What if there were virtual tutoring sessions offered? And there may be, I don't know, but wouldn't it be wonderful if they are happening? 
And even better, what if UUCL found a way to have a community hotspot providing Wi-Fi to households in that vicinity? It's just an idea, but an idea that starts from what I'm hearing is needed in underserved communities. Access to the internet is a very real issue in this time of COVID-19. There's much good work happening here at UUCL from the beloved conversation efforts and the eighth principle task force. So let us galvanize our intention to not let this pandemic stall those good efforts. We can keep dreaming. We can keep educating ourselves as well as virtually helping those communities which are most directly affected by the pandemic. Let us remember that whatever power or privilege that is within our scope of influence, let us remember to use that power for good as we seek to affect positive change. Let us not presume that we have a comprehensive understanding of the many layers of racism. We must have more than good intention. We must be in partnership with those most directly impacted. As I reflect on this creating, we are talking about the examples we have given of creating equity and the questions worth asking I am reminded that we're not alone in this work. Other congregations have the eighth principle and are exploring what it means to be truly a beloved community. We have a commission on institutional change that is working to give us guidelines to how to approach this work. The eighth principle task force here at UUCL is working to provide more education. And we've had our first um, reflection meeting this last month. And our Partners for Racial Justice group is also doing important work in our community. As Nancy mentioned, there are many ways we are and can be designing our community with equity. As stated, I stated before, creating this equitable world must be constantly on our minds. I was recently listening to something and someone said that being welcoming is a way of being. I cannot agree with that more. We should always be seeing the world in an equitable way. Even with all of our accomplishments, this work is hard, and sometimes it's hard for me to see any hope in our work. With the murder of the black woman, Breonna Taylor, an EMT in Louisville, Kentucky, heavy on my heart, and the housing and employment crisis frustrating me, I can find that motivation to continue this work, but sometimes all it does is overwhelm me and make me scared for the future. Something that has helped me and find that hope or faith, whatever you wish to call it, is to imagine what I want to see in the world, what I want to see in an equitable world. It gives me a space to begin to see what to do next, but also gives me a direction and hope and courage to move forward. Like in the poem I shared before this reflection, I like to imagine an equitable world that we can create because having that taste of justice gives me something to hold on to. To conclude, I would like to share another aspirational poem that embodies what I hope for this community. I know we can create an equitable world. It is titled, The Future I See. A fight worth fighting for. May our church doors, so very figurative now, be open, open like my arms stretching to welcome a friend or foe, even if six feet away. Let us design a beloved community together in this time. Let us design our platforms, our words, our actions with equity. 
Let us look deep inside ourselves and find that version of the world we created for ourselves. May we recreate it, this time with equity. Take my hand, the one calloused from writing words across the great world wide web. Can you see the world I see? A place where love is always the answer, where everyone has a job and they can live comfortably? where our history is not told by just the winners, where police do not shoot innocent black women. Do you see it now, that world I dream of? We can create it, I know together we can. Let us create this world with equity, I plead. With equity, let us design, co-create, enrich everything, coat everything with equity so that we can all breathe. Breathe air soaked with justice and love. This is what I'm fighting for. Air soaked with justice and love. Blessed be. Thank you.